Welcome to The Blossom Experiment, a podcast in which we talk about authenticity, intuition, and intuitive living. My intention is to inspire and help you tap into your uniqueness so you can create a life that is meant for you and no one else. With your host, Camille Nettable. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to The Blossom Experiment podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different because this is actually a re-air from the other podcast that I'm now co-hosting called The Work, Wealth and Travel Podcast by Nicole. So I met Nicole on a Facebook group, actually, and she was looking for co-hosts. And since I love podcasting, I um, just reached out to her. We ended up chatting and then eventually now I'm her new co-host. And I'm super excited about it because this podcast um, that she has is actually about digital nomadism and everything around being a digital nomad. So our new segment together on her podcast, it's called Digital Nomad Digest, which is basically me and her talking about what it is like to be a digital nomad, what are our challenges, how it is like to keep healthy or, I don't know, take care of yourself or um, what are the challenges that we face and what are the things that we love about it and the different types of being a digital nomad and everything in that way. Um, and I think it's really interesting because I have a lot to say in that topic, but I never really go into that in my own podcast because I just feel like it's a space for something else. It's another topic that we're discussing here. I have done some traveling with your intuition and digital nomading with your intuition type of episodes in the past. Uh, but not really going in depth about my whole story and things like that. So in this episode, we actually go into depth about our own stories of becoming a digital nomad. And it's really interesting because although we both are digital nomads, we're really, our stories started in a very different way. You will see that mine is very intuitive, very in flow with the universe and things like that. And hers is more uh, strategical, more logical and yeah, more structured, let's say. And I think that's the beauty of us co-hosting together. It's because we're just so different, but at the same time, we can just have this point of contact, which is loving working and traveling at the same time and having this lifestyle. So yeah, another thing that I really wanted to mention is that this was actually a huge manifestation for me. In the beginning of the year, I sat down with myself and I was like, okay, what does bring me joy in life? Like what is bringing me fulfillment in life and what do I want to do more of? And podcasting was one of these things. And I realized that I love podcasting. I love expressing my voice. I love talking to other people. I am so curious about humans. I'm so curious about the way that they live, the way that they think and everything like that. And that's why I picked up the podcast again and everything like that. So while I was thinking and reflecting about of what I wanted more in my life to feel more fulfilled, I thought to myself, I would love to co-host another podcast. And yeah, and then the universe delivered. So I think that's also a beautiful thing to comment on my podcast because of how I talk so much about co-creating with your soul, with your intuition. And when something is truly aligned to your authentic self, how it comes to you, 
you. And it's really about this idea of co-creating with your authentic self, you know. So going deep into yourself and then realizing what is it that you truly want, what is it that brings you true authentic fulfillment and then going from that space and then creating from that space instead of creating from egoic validation and things like that. So I'm super, super excited for you guys to hear this segment of the podcast as well, me re-airing these episodes and yeah, let's just dive into the episode. So this is our very first co-hosted episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. So I'm here with my brand new co-host. I'm so excited. We are going to be chatting about so many different topics as it pertains to being a traveler, being a digital nomad. But in today's first episode, we are going to introduce ourselves, our stories, how we got to where we are today, how we have become digital nomads, and what that journey has looked like. It definitely looks different for everybody. So Cami, welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so, so, so excited to be here with you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. As we've talked about before, I am obsessed with podcasts and just, you know, sharing stories and talking in general. So I'm really, really, really excited uh, to be here with you and super excited to talk about digital nomadism and all things that are around it because as you said i think that when you become a digital nomad there are so many things that change in your life and you start to relate to people and to the world and to like the societal structure of things in a different way and when you have friends that are not really in that way of living it's just sometimes a bit challenging to I don't know, make yourself feel understood. So I think it's really, really nice that we're starting this conversation. I'm really excited. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. So let's kick it off. Today, we are going to dive into our stories, our journeys. I will share mine. But first, we're going to start with Cami. So tell us all about you and how you have created this life for yourself. Okay, I'm going to focus specifically on the digital nomadism part because I feel like we could talk for hours about our stories. Um, So I remember there's like when I was 20 years old, so this was eight, nine years ago, when I first had graduated college, I remember that I was really already obsessed with traveling. I wanted to have this lifestyle, but this was like nine years ago. So the digital nomads that that existed, they were those kind of like influencer, traveler type of people, you know? So it was still um, for a very small slice of people, you know? It was like either you get a lot of followers on Instagram or YouTube or you're not going to make it as a digital nomad, you know? So... I remember that I really, really wanted to become a digital nomad. I remember that I I used to tell my parents about it and everything. I was like, I'm going to travel and work remotely and blah, blah, blah. And everyone was like, yeah, honey, just, you know, like get out of your horse. And I don't know if that's a saying in English, but that's a saying in Portuguese. I don't think that's get out of your horse. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, (laughs) that is totally a saying in, yeah, okay. So it's like, Get out of your high heels, you know, kind of like stop oh, dreaming. Get off of your high horse, maybe. Is that like yeah, of high, yeah, 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 of your high horse, yeah. 
So stop dreaming and, you know, just take a nine to five and whatever, be happy with it. And I was like, that's not my dream. I need, like, I want to go and travel the world and work at the same time. I'm sure that this is possible. And no one believed in me, but I just knew that from whatever I would create in my life, this would be one of the things that I would prioritize. So it was a lot related to freedom in my time, freedom in my space, you know, in regards to uh, moving around and everything. So those things, since I was like 20, they were really important to me. And it was really funny because ever since then, all of the jobs that I had, they were remote. I don't know how, like, then we go into spirituality. Like, I'm sure that I manifested or created that in my reality because there was so ingrained inside of me that I was like, I'm not going back to a freaking corporate job that I manifested and created and attracted. I don't know, like, however you want to say it, I ended up being in multiple jobs that were remote. So since I graduated from college, I always had this freedom of time and, um, of space. Okay, wait, I need to know what were the jobs? What jobs have you done in the past? Because all of them to be remote, like that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like in 20, like eight years ago, you know, so it's like, really, I don't know how, how that happened. Like, I'm really grateful. So the first job that I had that was, they were remote, but they like, they didn't have a an office space, but they were kind of like, I would say that the first one was kind of more like hybrid because, um, like I worked for, uh, like as an operations leader slash operations manager for a production comp, um, agency in Brazil. So they did a lot of production and shoots like fashion shoots and things like that, uh, photo shoots. So sometimes throughout the week, I would have to go into the studio, you know, to support them in the photo shoot or like to meetings physically somewhere. But in general, I remember I used to be like one of, I think I was the only one out of college that would work from my house, you know, the majority of my time. And, um, yeah, and I was like really being paid like quite well for having gotten out of, out of college, you know? And, um, so that was the first job that I had. I stayed in it for eight months and it was really nice and inspiring. But at the time I was starting to get really into spirituality and personal development and things like that. And that environment was um, quite toxic to not say like extremely toxic, but it was a little bit toxic. So eventually I, uh, there was this other company that was a company that I worked for, for two years that was like focused on spirituality and meditation and hosted like, um, several events and workshops around Brazil and around the world as well. The girl was starting to like, she really skyrocketed the, the founder and, the company was starting to grow a lot. So she then started looking for, uh, you know, team members. And I remember that I had this intuition. So I think this also starts my journey with my own intuition. Like I had this intuition to tell her that I was really wanting to help her because I had so much time because of my other job that was remote. Because normally that happens, you know, like when you start working remote, you realize that you can do a task that would take you like 
eight hours in the office space. It takes you two hours because you don't have to pretend that you're working somewhere. You know, you're just like really oh, yeah. doing your job. And then yeah. the rest of the day, you can just use it for yourself. So I remember that I had this like a lot of time for myself. And so I told this girl like, hey, I really like your company. I really like the purpose of your um, company. And I would like to help you grow. And I'm really good at marketing. That's what I graduated in. So if you need any help, like, honestly, you don't even have to pay me. I'm here for it. And at three, I remember that like we talked back and forth and eventually four months later, uh, she decided to actually hire me. Um, so I quit my job in this other production agency and started working for her. And I took like a, um, like half of like a down payment, quote unquote. I don't know. That, it's not down payment because that's for a house. Like I took a cut, like a cut in my salary basically to start working for her because I believed in her project so much. Uh, but yeah, and then I stayed with her for two years. It was, um, and she had this big thing with r remote work. So she was the founder of the company. She was already someone who didn't believe in office space and she believed that everyone could work from anywhere in the world. So this mm. was the first job that I had that the founder was um, instigating mm. us to go travel, you know, so I could travel wherever I wanted and work from wherever because she herself wasn't even in Brazil that much. So if I wanted to go to somewhere else in Brazil, if I wanted to go on a go travel on a Thursday and then come back, you know, like a do a weekend trip, but then go on a Thursday and come back on a, on a Tuesday, that would be normal for me. So yeah, and that was back in 2017, I would say. So 2018, so like six years ago. And that became... Is it six years? I don't know, like whatever. So that became my norm. So I really don't know. And after that, um, some other things happened. Maybe I should tell about that. But I think that it's really interesting because like since back then, I don't really know what it is to have to like live only for, on a Friday and then come back on a yeah. Sunday for a job. You know, I don't know how that feels like. And I, I would feel so constricted buy it oh yeah i know how it feels and it is not fun trust me i think i think now like everyone's trying to run away from that life as much as possible because it can be yeah very soul-sucking yeah because you left your corporate job was it four years ago so well i actually had a full-time job that i was working nine to five right out of university and then up until just over like a year and a half ago, maybe closer to two years now, up until then, I was in that position the whole time. Mm. So that was maybe like six years of being in positions where I had to be in the office. So definitely different from you. Um, but I think it really made me appreciate, you know, this lifestyle and being able to sleep in a little bit more and then do work that I actually want to do and that I enjoy. But I'll share more about that in my story. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really curious about that because we come from different, uh, a little bit of different backgrounds, but a little bit of the yeah. same. But so anyway, so uh, after two years in this company, I eventually went to Bali to do my second yoga teacher training. So I'm actually a, a 400 hour certified yoga teacher, and while I was there. Let's just say for the purpose of you meeting me, you know, like someone who's listening to this for the first time, like a lot of things happened throughout that month that rock bottomed me. And 
I felt like the, that life or the universe was pulling the rug from underneath me. And I just a lot of like structure and ties that I had with Brazil were like wiped away. And throughout this month, I was like a completely different person from November of 2019 to December of 2019, you know, like in just one month, everything in my life changed. And eventually I was like, you know what, like, why the heck am I even going to go back to Brazil? Because my idea was go to Asia for four months and then come back to Brazil and continue my normal life. However, I had this dream since I was 20 years old to uh, live abroad and, you know, go explore the world and everything. And I had, I, I was putting it aside a lot for several people in my life, like my ex-boyfriend and my family. So I never really allowed myself to really go and, you know, explore and everything like that. So when I was there, I was thinking to myself, why am I even going to go back? Like, this makes no sense. So I decided to just stay there. And I think that that was the start of my digital nomad journey. And it was so, so, so scary because at that point I had left the, the, the company, the, the spiritual company. So I was really on my own and I was like, okay, I need to figure out how I'm going to make money online, how I'm going to make this work. Cause I have the savings, you know, that I can use, but it's for a limited amount of time. Um, thank God I was in Asia because my money was worth more there than it would be in Europe. Um, so yeah, so I stayed and lived in Bali for, for four months. I was traveling around Thailand for a bit. Then I had a plane ticket already bought from uh, Singapore to London. So my idea was to uh, come to Europe and then do some workaways or something like that. And while I was doing that, I was also selling yoga classes online and building my website and learning all of like the new things about having like an online business and doing digital courses and things like that. Um, and yeah, it was like a big, big, big challenge for me. I remember that I was struggling a lot, especially in regards to a money mindset and how I'm going to make this work because I don't want to go back to like feeling like I mean, I'm trapped in the rat race. But at the same time, this is a new world and I have no idea because I don't have anyone in my life that has made this work, you know? So I'm the first one out of my circle of people that I know physically that is doing this. And because, you know, I had friends that had gotten jobs in other companies and then had moved to Europe or I had, you know, like people that I knew online that had online business, but people that were really close to me that were being entrepreneurs online, I I don't know any, you know, so eventually I was there in London, was working, looking for workaways, was, you know, doing my online classes and showing up online and hustling my way into my, you know, digital stuff. And then eventually everyone knows what happened in March of 2020, COVID hit. So from one day to another, the universe again <laughs> pulled the rug from underneath me. And then I had to go back to Brazil like instantly. And uh, that paused my digital nomad thing for like one year and a half um, until I picked it back up in September of 2021 when I left Brazil with a one-way plane ticket to Portugal. 
I followed my intuition again. I wasn't making nearly a minimum salary in Portugal, but I just had this knowingness that I had to go. And it was my dream. And it had always been my dream to like follow this, you know, and live as a digital nomad and just travel around the world, following my intuition, following the universe's signs and everything. And I didn't care anymore. I think I reached a point that I didn't care if it w if it went wrong because it was something that was calling me so much that I just had to see if it would work out, you know? And I remember that my mom, she was like, asking me like, but do you really need to go? Like, do you really need to, you know, like, don't you want more stability, more safety and everything? And I was like, mom, I'm, I have this podcast because at that point I already had my podcast. I have this podcast in which I talk about intuitive living and intuitive traveling and, you know, following your heart and blah, blah, blah. I can't do that from sitting here in Brazil, like follow your dreams and don't be afraid, you know, to lean into the <laughs> surrendering of the unknown and then being there in my couch in Brazil, home. like... <laughs> super afraid yeah exactly like the most hypocrite podcaster on yeah. earth like i can't be this person i have to lead by you know example yeah. and so yeah and so in september of 2021 i bought a one-way plane ticket to to portugal and i kept saying to my friends they were like oh goodbye blah, blah, blah. i was like guys i don't know if it's gonna be for if i'm gonna be away for two months two weeks or two years at this point it has been almost two years or 20 years you know who knows but Uh, so don't don't say like goodbye as if you've never seen me again because I don't know how long this is gonna last and yeah for some reason it has been working out ever since and I've been now I'm more stable and of course it has its challenges and of course I'm still really afraid of the unknownness that it comes with that comes with it but I wouldn't choose any other lifestyle for sure so wow yeah, what a journey yeah Yeah. Oh my God. I think it's so interesting that you always kind of knew that you wanted this lifestyle. And so you just kind of made it happen without, of course there were, you know, digital nomads like 10 years ago, but it wasn't really advertised. Like it wasn't a thing that people knew about so much ever since I think COVID it's become a lot more prevalent. So it's really interesting to me that you just kind of had a knowing of like what you wanted to do and you just went out and created it for yourself. I wish I had that. Honestly, when I tell my story, like it looks very different because I wish I had that intuitiveness. And maybe that does come from you being very intuitive with yourself. Um, I'm definitely less spiritual, I think, in some aspects mm -hmm. than you are. Um, so I, I find that really interesting. And I'm curious as well. So I think we chatted about this maybe last week or something, but your astro cartography i know i was telling you that i got mine like red recently so i'm curious like did you know about that do you follow that was portugal a place where you were like okay my line runs through here like i need to go here like why portugal i don't know i'm curious about that yeah it's really interesting because we talked a little bit about how you decide on what place you want to go and how my dislike yours is very strategic and mine is very emotional and intuitive so I don't know what uh, this story is really uh, is really interesting. So I was uh, back in Brazil. I think it was July or August. I don't know. I already had this intuition like Portugal was coming into my awareness. So it was like and it's funny because I had visited Portugal before, but I didn't really like Portugal and I saw it as like 
meh, you know, like kind of whatever, like I wouldn't live in Portugal. Like that's what I kept telling myself. Like, I don't want to go to Portugal. It's just another Brazil (laughs) because there are so many Brazilians there. They speak Portuguese. You know, I was like, I want something that's more different than Portugal. So anyways, um, but I kept having it in my awareness. So I was like, I have the sensation that I'm gonna, you know, go to Portugal. I don't know why. And I remember that I was meditating um, in Brazil in this kind of like farm place that we have. And I remember that I asked the universe for a sign. I was like, okay, if I meant to go to Portugal um, this next uh, semester, so like the next half of the year, so it was like between August and December, show me a sign. And the way that I communicate with the universe is by like the sign of a moon, of like half moon. So every time that I see half moons, I know that's the universe talking to me. So uh, so I was like, my eyes closed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, show me a sign. And I knew it would have something to do with the moon, you know, because that's how I communicate with it. And then I remember that it started like, this big wind, like it started getting really windy, like the wind was blowing really, really, really strong. And then above me, there was this like little, you know, this little like trinket that's hanging out off of of a ceiling that like makes a sound, like has a bell or something. So we had one of those and I was outside. So it was starting to like, it was really wind out of nowhere. I swear to God, this wind came out of nowhere, really, really strong. This thing started to make a huge noise because it was moving a lot because of the wind. I had never looked up. I swear to God, like I had never looked up and... Uh, but it was so like strong and the noise was so so strong that I had to look up. I was like, what is this? And then I looked up and it was actually like a little, you know, thing that was coming out of the ceiling and it had a moon on it. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, like I really literally like I asked for the sign and I received it like 10 seconds later. It was crazy. And I got wow. like goosebumps all over my body and I knew that I... That it, but at the same time, like I knew that I was going to go, but I also had the intuition to know that I had to wait for the right moment. So I mm. knew that I was going, but I knew that a door would open for me. I wouldn't have to force it. So I have this like very strong in my in my being, this thing of like you not forcing yourself into something is like you flowing into it. Like you almost feel like you tripped and you're in it, you know? So Mm. eventually I had this one friend that had moved to Portugal and I hopped on a call with her to talk about like something else. And I told her, yeah, I'm thinking about going to Europe. Like, I don't know where yet, maybe Portugal, uh, but I'm not sure where I'm going to stay and everything. And she was like, why don't you come here and stay with me for three weeks? And then you figure out what you're going to go. And then when I, when she said that, I felt it in my body. I was like, this is the flow. Like, this is my door. This is the universe opening this door. And it's my invitation. And this is where it all started. So I went to Porto, stayed with her for three weeks. And then after that, I kind of like just figure, like kept figuring it out, you know. And then I went to Lagos and then I lived in the Algarve in Portugal for like four or five months. Met my roommate there. Like everything was so magically lined up like yeah yeah. everything lined up really really magically and then eventually went to the uk for some months trans kind of like transition period and then came to greece which i've and i've been here since almost like one year now wow 
Wow, that is so freaking cool. Like, I think it's so interesting to talk to people like you who are so aligned with like, I don't even know the right word to call it, whether it's like your like the universe or like just yourself spiritually or like, I don't know what the heck it is. But I think that's so cool. And like definitely in future episodes, we're going to get into that so much more and like how you figure out too, like where you travel next for me, like you said, yeah, it's very strategic of like, okay, what makes sense for the next destination? But I think, you know, it's it's really interesting to hear that and to have you on because yeah, I feel like we can learn so much from each other. Yes, yeah, so much, exactly. Because also you, like, I'm really curious about your story and also how you ended up structuring your, how you structure your journey also, because you're moving around way more than I am. So yeah, so okay, yeah, so all that's a great segue. I will yeah. <laughs> share some more about my story. And yeah, if you have any questions, like, let me know. Um, so... I am, I was, you know, it's so interesting because as a digital nomad, like I don't know, and myself, like I consider myself a global citizen. Um, and so for me to say like, I'm from Canada, it used to align with me, but I feel like a lot of digital nomads now, especially and global citizens, it's like, I'm from somewhere well, you know, I kind of, I have like three different countries that are really like home to me and Canada is the last one. So for me to say like, oh, really? I'm from Canada, like Canada is my home. Like it just doesn't make sense, but I don't, I don't really know a better word. So I'll just say here, like I'm, I was born in Canada. Like I guess technically I'm from Canada. I lived there till I was like 22 years old for the most part. So I guess for this purpose, we'll just say that. But I don't know. That's my little rant about like, I don't really know the but right what are those, the, What are the three countries that you... I'll go into that. Yeah, I will okay. definitely go into that. <laughs> um, so I was born in Canada and go throughout high school, university, I think for many of us, especially many women, the dream for me was always might look a little bit different for you, but a lot of people I hop on calls with, they are like, yep, totally understand that the dream for me and for a lot of us was to work a corporate office job to, you know, kind of wear like a pantsuit into work. For me, that was always the only thing that I thought I wanted. And so I finished university pretty young because I'm like an October baby. So I think I was like 21. And then I went straight into a corporate career. It was pretty chill. I will say I was an executive assistant, um, which is something that like my type A skills are very good at. So he was a high level dental practice owner. Um, he put on an annual conference in different, uh, like in California, in Tennessee, in LA, like different conferences every year. So I would plan and organize those. I would, and I learned a lot um, about dental, about business. He was really an entrepreneur first. So more than a dental practice owner. So that was kind of very interesting for me. Now looking back, being an entrepreneur to see how he operated, I worked for him. And then being in that job for probably less than a year, I was just in the office every single day. And even though it was a very amazing job, I learned so much, but it was just the stifling of being in one place every day and being like 22 years old and thinking, 
I don't know how the, how the heck I'm going to do this for the rest of my life when I can't even do this for one year now, whether it's this office or an office in Toronto, which was where I always wanted to live. That was like the big city for me. It's like 4 million. It's not that big, Uh, (laughs) but that was always my dream. And so I was like, I don't know how the heck I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. So I started looking at other options of what else I could do because I never truly felt aligned with Canada and sorry to bring this up again, but when I got my, cause I find it so interesting, the astrocartography, when I got that red and I don't know what the lines are, there was like a black line and she was like, this line shows kind of like not alignment. I don't exactly remember what it was. And it was basically going through my hometown. It was like right <laughs> beside my hometown. And she was like, it's so interesting that you never felt aligned there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like I, anyway, so I thought that was very interesting. I never felt aligned in Canada, but also in Western culture in general. I just feel like, you know, I've been to London. Of course, I've been to the States. I've never been to Australia, but I just, it's kind of all the same to me. And of course, you know, there's cultural differences, but the actual society, it just, I never really felt aligned in Western culture. And so, and I didn't know this, I was 22 years old. Like I've realized this as I've lived my life and lived in China and all over the world, but I just knew that I didn't feel aligned and that I didn't want to work that nine to five in an office for the next like 40, 50 years, whatever that may look like. I knew that there was more out there because I knew if I stayed in Canada, what the rest of my life would look like. I knew that I would eventually buy a house. I would get married. I would have a dog. I would have 2.5 kids. And, you know, maybe there would be some spontaneity. (laughs) Everyone's always like, where does your 0.5 come from? It's like, well, statistically, (laughs) like, I don't know, like the census, like you divide up the kids, like 2.5 kids. But you know what I mean? Like, and I knew uh, there would be no like spontaneity in my life other than maybe like one vacation a year for two weeks. And I was like, that doesn't sound good to me. And I always say, you know, like I do have friends who are back home in Canada who are living that life and who want that life. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Like if you want that and if that is your goal and you love that life, like do it. But for me, my, what I like to call lifestyle design, that was not how I wanted my life to be designed to look like. So I ended up looking into how the heck I could just get out of Canada and then from there figure something else out. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to teach English in Korea. Everyone was like in Korea, teaching in Korea. And so I started talking to this really amazing recruiter who was also Canadian. And he was like, yeah, Korea is great, but everyone's going to China. And I was like, I don't want to go to China. Like that is just, I, I, I feel like especially this was in 2017. So this was like six years ago. There was a lot of I guess, ideologies that people thought about China. Like for me, I was like, oh, you know, the sweatshops and it's, it's, you know, there aren't huge buildings or big cities. It's just kind of like everything is very rural, like very uneducated. Um, But I was just like, I don't want to live there. I want to go to Korea. And I ended up going to China. I ended up moving to Shenzhen, China, long story short, in August of 2017. And I was just like, you know, worst case scenario is I just go back to Canada. Like if I, and I really wanted to make it work because I knew I didn't really want to be in Canada, but I was like, if I hate it and nothing goes as planned, I just go back to Canada. I start from square one again, and then I can leave again and go somewhere else. But I'm going to try this. And I, I wanted to build a new life for myself. So 
Went to China. I was 23 years old, I believe at the time. And I ended up loving it. I met a great community of people, of other, you know, expats. I also have some really great Chinese friends who I still keep in touch with. And my plan at the time was go to China for one year. And then I would go to like somewhere else in Asia, Thailand, Cambodia, work, volunteer, whatever it looked like, and just figure out what I wanted. But I ended up really liking China, great community of people, loved the city. It was 12 million or it is 12 million now. And I was like, this is perfect for me. Like, I love big cities. I love a lot of people. I'm from a small town of like a thousand people. It's a farming village. And for me, that was never my vibe. So big city, loved it. Um, Ended up staying for four years and basically everything. I loved everything except for the actual job, which was teaching. And I I don't even like kids that much, to be completely honest. I don't even like think I want kids. That's like a whole nother topic. But, you know, and so I stayed in that role because it was manageable. It wasn't a super strenuous position, but it was by no means my dream job. But I got very, I think, unaligned at one point right before COVID hit in China, um, because I started seeing my friends who were making more money, were moving up the corporate education ladder, and, you know, whether it's counseling or teaching and kind of moving up that ladder in China. So I started studying for a test that would continue me on a teaching journey, but I would just be getting, you know, a better certification, better degree, higher pay. I was going to move to Shanghai was kind of the plan. And then COVID hit. So in, it was like November, 2019 in China, I remember being in our, I worked with a bunch of my friends. It was really amazing. We were in the staff room and I remember my one friend saying to all of us, oh, I hear there's like a virus up in Wuhan, which is in like the north of China. And we were in the south. So he was like, yeah, there's a virus up there. And somebody died, like one man died. And we were just like, okay, you know, like whatever. Um, Didn't think much (laughs) of it. It was kind of far away from us. And then in January, it was Chinese New Year. So Chinese New Year, we would all leave China, travel Asia. We had like a month off. So we had lots of time. It was a really great time. And so we were all outside of the country when it got really bad in China in like December, January time. And then it got so bad, like seeing pictures. And this was the first country that it was really happening in. So like we didn't know what the heck was happening or what this was going to turn into. We just were seeing pictures on WeChat and like all of these groups of grocery stores with no food and like people just so stressed out. And I was like, I don't want to go back to China. So I flew back to Canada in like January or February and was expecting to be there for like a month or two. I'd go back to China. Didn't happen. I got stuck so in Canada, which was like... Stuff, oh, so all of your yeah. stuff, like you left, like you had an apartment there and everything and all of your stuff was still so in China. So my whole life was in China. I moved, like when I moved, I had everything with me. So I had an apartment. I had a job. I had a cat. Everyone's always like, what happened oh to God, the cat? I yeah. <laughs> I had a partner, which actually ended up like breaking us up um, just because of the distance and like other issues. But basically my whole freaking life was falling apart. You know, like I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I have to keep paying rent on this apartment. I was thankfully still getting paid, but I wasn't working. And then I'm going through this breakup while I'm living with my family in Canada, which is like the last place I want to be. And then my cat, like somebody else had to watch my cat because I was like, I don't know how long it's going to be till I get back to China. So 
everything was a freaking mess. And I had all of my stuff in China, like everything I owned. I had one carry-on suitcase. I didn't even have my laptop with me. Not that I worked online at that point, but thankfully somebody I knew was flying from China to Canada like a month later. So I was like, please go to my, my apartment. Like I had to, you know, really finesse getting the keys to her. And it was this whole ordeal. So thankfully she brought my laptop back to Canada for me. And I, I literally didn't have anything. I had to like just wear my my family's clothes. And because I had I had, you know, like Thailand clothes because I was in Thailand. And then oh it's <laughs> Thailand in Canada, clothes. it's like February. So Thailand yeah. clothes don't work. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was like a very stressful time. Like looking back and talking about it now, it's like making me think more about it. I usually just am like, yeah, it was stressful. But it was an interesting time. And I didn't know if I would ever go back to China. I didn't know if like what was going to happen, if this was going to end. China is also a very strict country. And I knew that they would be, and they basically were one of the last countries to like open their border. I think a few months ago, you know, like in six months ago, I had friends that were still in lockdown in Shanghai. <laughs> like oh, the whole no. world was open and they were still on like two month, can't leave your house, like once a week to get groceries. Like it's strict. So I was like, I don't know like when or if China's ever going to open the borders. Yeah. It took them three years to open the borders um, just because they are so strict and they had the no COVID policy for so long. But anyways, so I realized during that time when I was stuck in Canada, I realized that what I was doing with my life was not at all what I actually wanted to yeah. do. And I realized I was basically just doing the same thing I was doing in Canada. I was going into an office job, working for somebody else. I was just doing it in China where, yes, I liked my life more, but I still wasn't truly happy doing what I was doing every single day. So, and I think a lot of people made that realization during COVID because you're basically forced to sit there and do nothing all day. And, you know, I'm very grateful for that time looking back on it, but it was definitely difficult. I was in Canada for like nine or 10 months before there was a small window for me to go back to China. Um, But yeah, so I, I realized, you know, like, what do I actually want to do? I had always loved working online. I'm I'm definitely extroverted, but I'm introverted very much so, I would say, as well. <laughs> Especially as I get older, I'm like, don't talk to me. Um, and so I was like, I just want to work. <laughs> I just want to work on my computer. And I loved learning about different softwares and systems and how you can implement them. And I'm very organized, so how you can, like, organize your life. I didn't have a business at this point, but I was just, like, organize everything in my life life online. And so I realized, you know, like I can turn this into something. So it started out with coaching. I think everybody was like talking about coaching back then. So it started out with coaching. And then that was like three years ago. It's transition. It's transitioned um, a while back into my digital marketing agency. So that is what I run along with my Nomad Neeks brand. Um, and I, I freaking love it. Like it's so much fun, but I didn't, I didn't have that much clarity at the time on what I wanted to do. So it was definitely, and that's what I always say to people is when you're starting something, like what it starts out as even within the first six months or a year, which seems like a long time, it's probably not going to be that five years down the road because you're still figuring out what you really want to do and what's aligned with you and who you're targeting, what your messaging is, like who you actually even want to work with um, what those clients look like. So, you know, I always say like, be very flexible with it because it definitely did change a few times for me, but I love what I do now. I I definitely would not change it. And yeah, it kind of started from there. I ended up in October of 2020 
going back to China, that flight was so scary. I was like, I'm going to get COVID. I had to pay for my own quarantine hotel, which is a very nice hotel in China. But I did have to like pay out of pocket for it. And I hadn't been working for 10 months and then food. And they, they did like a blood test. Like it was a very intense quarantine. Um, and that was the only quarantine I did, thankfully. But then after that, got back into China and China, there was no COVID. So it was crazy because the rest of the world was going through COVID and I go back and it was Halloween, like the day I landed was Halloween. And then we're all in our Halloween costumes. We're drinking, we're at the oh, bar, we're all partying. And the rest of the world is still in lockdown. It's like 2020. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, this is crazy. No masks, like nothing in China because they were so strict. They eliminated COVID, obviously, like to open the borders, they had to change that. But yeah, yeah so it was a very different world in China at the time. And then, but I went back knowing that I was not going to stay in China, like knowing I was just going to finish up my time there. Yeah, to get your stuff and basically, like you went back to get your stuff? Well, I I went back. So you had to get a visa, like you still do. It's very, you can't just like go to China, especially during that time. So I had to go back. I had to get a visa from my company. I had to work. So I was like, you know, it was... October, I was like, I'll work till July. So I, I, that if I wanted to go back, that's what I had to do. So I got a mm. visa, I went to a work visa. I had to keep teaching, keep working. I did get, you know, my stuff back and I got a new apartment and my cat. Don't worry, my cat was okay. He <laughs> went with somebody else. But I was like, I know that I'm leaving China. So like, I can't have a cat. Um, and yeah, so I went like finishing up my time there. It was great, but I was just over China. Like I had been there for four years and I was like, I don't want to stay here. But of course, um, life never works the way that you plan it to. So as I was planning to leave like July 1st, I was like, I want out of here. I want to travel. I want to run my business online. And then I meet my partner who I actually, I met him four years previous. I met him basically with the first like three months I moved to China in 2017. We met at a party. He got my WeChat, which is like the WhatsApp. Like he got yeah. my WeChat and then we never spoke again. Never. And then I come back from COVID like three and a half years later and we reconnect through like his roommate and I met and then he invited me to a party and then we just met again. And I was like, I feel like I know you. And he was like, yeah, we met a while ago. And then from there... <laughs> And, and it was so funny because I was like, I don't want a boyfriend. Like, I am leaving China. This is not something I'm interested in. Like, my number one priority is leaving China and traveling. And he was like, you are going to be my girlfriend. And he's Mexican. And I think the culture there of dating is very different. It's like, when you like somebody, like, you are the person, whether you like it or not. Like, it's oh, no. very... <laughs> and I, I don't know if it's that way in Brazil, but I guess it is in Mexico and it's not like that in Canada. But I was just like, okay, well, I'm leaving China. Like, do you want to come with me? And he had restaurants in China. That was his business. Mm-hmm. He was a restaurant owner. He had four different, like the same, but four chains of the same restaurant in the city. And he was like, I can't leave China. Like I have four restaurants. And I was like, well, I am, but we started dating. And then we just kind of figured that out later. Um, he ended up, we ended up moving to Turkey in November, 2021. And the plan was to just be there for one year. We were just going to like, he was actually going to open a restaurant in Turkey. And then a year later we were going to go back to China. So that was the plan. And I was like, okay, like if it has to be, I guess one year out of China is better than no years. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we went to Turkey and there was, I think there still is, but at the time there was definitely like, um, a economic crisis with their currency and the money. And so he was like, I can't open a restaurant here. Like the money is not doing very good 
I'll make nothing. And so then we were like, let's just travel. And then since then, he I've taught him so much about online business and how to really do something that you're passionate about. And so he, oh my gosh, he does like amazing things. He works with a Chinese audience and Spanish audience. And yeah, so it's been like a year and a half just over that now. And we've been traveling the world and that's my long story, but that is how I got to where I am today. And it's been six years in the making. Like it was not an overnight thing. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And, but I think that although we, we for sure have like two very different stories, I feel like the thing that we were kind of driven or fueled by similar stuff, you know, like this thing that you said, like, oh my God, I feel so out of alignment in my country, like in my own hometown, it's where I grew up and where I was born and everything, but I feel super out of alignment here. Um, I can't believe that this is going to be my, like when you start mm -hmm. saying like, oh, I can't believe this is going to be the, how my next 40 years will look like. It gave me like anxiety, like mini anxiety attack right now. Cause I was like, oh my God, I don't want my life to look like that. You know, cause <laughs> I, I was like, it made me, it makes me like cringe, you know, it makes me like, yeah. I, I don't want it. And I think that yeah. And I also never felt aligned in Brazil. Like I never felt it was my home. I never felt it. I, I never connected to the culture that much. I've never connected to like the people or the way that things are done. So I always felt really out of place there. And I remember that I had the opportunity to do like an exchange program while I was in college and I lived in london and in paris and i felt so much more aligned with these places you know like than i actually felt in brazil so for me it was always that as well i think kind of looking for a sense of home in a way somewhere else in the world and i know like there's this I think that when you are a digital nomad, you think a lot about this concept of home. And I've done a podcast about that, like what is home and feeling at home when you're traveling alone and things like that. And I know that a lot of people are like, home is where you are, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, okay, no, you know, it's like really cute to say that, but you actually feel that with yourself when you are in a place that you don't know anyone. Like I always tell this to people, like when you're a digital nomad and you move from brazil to china or to wherever like i can go there and can i can i can say that my name is nikki that i am a i don't know a chef and that i worked in michelin restaurant and that my family is from madagascar and no one will know if that's true or not like i can just create anything about myself and i can say that i'm 22 years old instead of 29, you know, like I can create a lot of stories about myself and no one will know what's true or not. So, and for you to be grounded in who you are without your family, your friends, the places that you grow up, grew up around, like it's really challenging, you know, to like travel the world and become a new person with everyone and all of the experiences that are new that you meet and all of the new food that you experiment and the new places that you see and you're like like small parts of yourself you're like integrating small new parts of yourself every single day and then for you to still be grounded in who you are and understanding who you are in your identity like in your core without you having like the, the base, you know, the base of who you are every single day, reminding you who you are. It's, it can be really challenging, like to the point of, of like me waking up sometimes and I'm like, 
where am I? You know, like sometimes when I wake up from a really deep dream, I wake up and I think that I am in my room back in Brazil and then I remember that I'm not and then I think like no I'm in Portugal no I'm not in Portugal I'm there okay no I'm not in UK like like it seems like my brain is doing like fast forward ah actually I'm in Greece I'm living here now okay because it changes so much that you sometimes you know like it makes you identically dizzy you know like your identity gets dizzy so I think that is also like a huge challenge and yeah I don't know um, anyways, I just went into like, this huge rant about it, but um, I completely understand what it is to like feel out of alignment in your home and kind of like looking for a new home in the world. And like, of course, the world is your home and you yourself is your home as well. But there is a depth to it that you only know when you really experience it. Um, however... I had a question for you because you asked me about my decision to go into Portugal. And I remember that you, in your story, you talked about wanting to go to Korea before going to China. And then eventually you were like, yeah, but then I decided to go to China. But my question is for you is how did you, like what happened in that space that you were so attached to Korea that you were like, okay, I'll just go to China. Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I really got to like put myself in my shoes years back. Um, but I think everybody was just going to Korea at the time. You know, I think China is now like or was a few years ago, like the place to go if you want to teach. But Korea was that um, years back. And so I think for me, like I had never thought about living in China. Like I said, you know, a lot of things come up when you think of China and you don't really know what to expect. And I think Korea has more of a concrete like you know a little bit more not not that you know because you've never been there but it's kind of I don't know having been to both countries like they're very different and I would say Korea is definitely more western in a sense um, and so you kind of understand a little bit more of what your life is going to look like and what it's going to be like and so I think I just wanted that because China was so the other that I just didn't really know. And I was prepared for Korea. You know, I was like, okay, like this is something that I've planned. I know a lot of people who've been there. I had, was meeting a friend who had also taught and lived there for like two years at the time. So I was like, okay, I'm prepared for this. And then China is just like, oh yeah, you're going to move to Kazakhstan or something, you know, like not that anything's <laughs> wrong with that country. It's just like, you've never thought of it before. You've never like really heard of the cities. Like you're like, oh, okay. Um, yes. But I'm, I'm so glad I made that decision. And I think for me, it really just solidified, like just go with the flow, whatever happens, happens. And so that's kind of the mindset I, I like I said, I had to have going into it is if I don't like it, I can just go back to Canada because I had no freaking idea what to expect from Shenzhen. You know, I think everyone knows Shanghai and Beijing, but, and I think people actually now know Shenzhen more because it is a pretty big technology hub, but six or seven years ago, nobody knew what the heck Shenzhen was. 40 years ago, it was a, a fishing village. It was nothing like it is now. It's a very new city. And so I was just like, I don't know anything about this place. So it was kind of just like a go and and see how it goes, spend a bunch of money on a plane ticket and hope it works out. But I'm very glad I did. And it's interesting because I will never forget this. I remember one of my friend's moms saying to me right before I was leaving to China, she was like, oh yeah, you know, I know this person and this person and this person who also went to like Cambodia, Thailand, wherever to teach English. And they loved it for one year. And then they came back and now they're working a corporate office job in downtown Toronto. And I just, I'll never forget that because I just remember thinking to myself, 
oh my gosh, that is going to be the worst case scenario for me. Like (laughs) I will feel like a failure if I go for one or two years and then come back and just work the corporate, like what I was trying to basically escape. And I was like, that to me will look like failure. Just go for one or two years, which is what most people do when they're teaching English. Um, Especially, I, I don't know about other countries around the world, but especially in like Canada and America, you go for one year, if you love it, you extend it for another year and then you come back and then you, you know, adult and you buy a house and get a corporate job and get married. And I was like, that is what failure will look like for me. And so I was always kind of chasing anything I could to not end up that way. And thankfully, you know, in my life, I'm so happy the way it's worked out. But I was just like, I do not want it to look like that. Well, it's so interesting because what what's what looks like a failure for for one person is like the dream of another. And I'm sure... A lot of people look at my life and they're like, oh, what a failure, you know, like in the sense that, oh, she doesn't have a corporate job. She's not climbing the ladder. She doesn't have this name, like this title, you know, on like a company or something like that. And she's doing podcasts. Like, what is that? You know, like, I'm sure that there's so many people that look at my life and they're like, or, or at our lives and they're like really scared or freaked out about it you know because i think it also comes with a certain lack of certainty and stability like where am i going to be living in two months i don't know maybe here maybe you there like who knows you know that in another type of lifestyle to to other people that have a certain personality they don't want this you know so i think that it's really important that we have like these conversations and everything because an, uh, like a successful life, it looks different for everyone, you know? And I think that that is so interesting that you're bringing this up because exactly what you're saying can be like the dream for someone else, like going out, doing like a one or two year and then coming back and climbing that, you know, Toronto corporate ladder. And for you, it's like, it was the exact not spread of this of success. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And it was so interesting because it's like just a few years prior, that was what success would have looked like to me. I wanted that corporate office job. I wanted to be in Toronto and then to have such a change of like, wait, this isn't actually like, I'm not aligned living in this country, in this, in this city, you know, like I, this isn't what I want. And so I think, I think what I talk about a lot is lifestyle design and Maybe we can like wrap it up with this, but what I, t- I like to talk about is lifestyle design. And to me, what that means is really thinking critically about what do you want the rest of your life to look like? Because if you don't think about that, you're just going to go through the motions and your life is going to pass you by, but you have to actually think, what do you want your next, your tomorrow to look like your next week, your next year, your next 10 years, the rest of your life. And if you don't have a plan, but then also take action on that plan, you are just going to live the day to day and just go through the motions and your life. I think, you know, for me, it will pass you by. And that is not what I wanted. So that's why I I talk as much as I can about lifestyle design. I definitely have episodes here all about lifestyle design, because for me, that is so important in life to figure out what you want, but then to actually take the action, which looks like moving to China, you know, which looks like to you being really fucking scared and then having that sign and moving to Portugal and then just starting that journey. And it's like that saying, 
you have to take the first step. Maybe you don't see the whole staircase, but you just have to take the first step because I sure as heck did not know when I moved to China that six years later, six and a half years later, I'd be sitting in Paraguay, you know, recording this podcast with you. Like That is not what I thought would happen. I'm yeah. so grateful that happened. But if I didn't take that first step and think what I actually wanted for my life, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, no, I totally get this. And I really want to say something on that note so we can wrap it up. That it's so beautiful because what you refer to as like um, lifestyle design or life design was the the lifestyle design. Lifestyle design. For me is authentically and intuitively living, which is you connecting to the deepest part of yourself and the most authentic part of yourself to understand, is this in alignment with what I want, my soul wants, or is this in alignment with my, with my, with what my mind thinks that I want, because this is what I was taught by society. This is what I need for external validation. This is what my parents want for me. And I remember that for a while there, like, especially while, while I was in college, I was making so many decisions and so many of my dreams and the things that I wanted to achieve, they were based off of society and external validation and things that I wanted to do to make my parents proud of me. But they weren't yeah. really in alignment of what my yeah. authentic self wanted with my, what my soul was craving. So for me, it's about checking in with yourself every single day to understand, is this making my soul happy or am I just going with whatever my mind perceives that as the way that I should be living my life. And I think that is so challenging to do because we were taught constantly to disconnect from our authentic self and to just put our power outside of ourselves. So I think that this is something that is a really, really big challenge for all of us. And I think that when it comes to becoming a digital nomad, it's also the same. Because you can be a digital nomad as like your mind and doing like what other digital nomads think that you should doing what, yeah, what other digital nomads think that you should be doing or doing what you want to authentically do as a digital nomad. So maybe it will look like living in Greece for one year or maybe it will look like living one month like um per city, you know, like going to one city for one month and then going to another city or for three months or for six years or for, you know, there's not a one way to do it. And I think that for me, it always goes back to you listening to yourself, listening to your body and connecting to that place that is really truth, truth, truthful, I don't know, to who you are, like really true to who you are, like really your authenticity, you know? And I think they, they both go really hand in hand. When you put them together, then you're creating an intentional life. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, we could, that would be a great topic for another episode is like, there's so many different ways to digital nomad, I guess, as you call it. Yeah. I don't even feel super aligned with the word digital nomad. I usually just use yeah. nomad. Um, but yeah, there's so many different ways to do it. But yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you said. I like that we kind of have the same gist of it, but different different approaches, different yeah. words that we call it, different ways to go about it. But I think probably every digital nomad or every nomad has their own term for it because I think it is something that's so prevalent in this lifestyle. But I think we'll leave it at that. Do you have any last words that you want to say before we sign off? No, just that I loved uh, doing this. I loved our conversation, loved knowing more about your story because... 
I knew a little bit, but not that much. So I, uh, yeah, no, I'm just really excited to have a place in which we can chat about these topics and also bring this, you know, authenticity and lifestyle design for people to for people to design their lifestyle in their authentic way. You know, I think that could be a beautiful way of saying it. So yeah, I'm just excited for our future conversations. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Well, thank you, Cami, for being on the show. All of Cami's links are below, as are mine, if you want to check us out. And we will see you next week for another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. See you. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Make sure to check out the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast and send Nicole a shout out as well if you love this type of topic and want to learn more about becoming a digital nomad and everything like that. Her podcast is amazing for that. She has so much valuable information. So I highly recommend you check it out. If you want to connect with me or with Nicole, you have all of the links on the show notes. I'm also adding some of the links for past episodes episodes in which I talk about traveling with your intuition and things like that. So you can also go over and listen to that. Make sure to share this episode with someone who might enjoy it or benefit from it. Make sure to also leave a review on this podcast. It really, really helps. And I hope you create a very beautiful and inspiring and authentic week. And we'll see each other in the next episode. Bye.